I know, I know. I've been gone for like ever. You guys thought that I fell off the planet. I get it. I promise. I understand. But no, I didn't fall off the planet. Just weird stuff going on with life and whatever. Um, couple things. I, I'm TikTok. That's what happened. Let's just be real, right? TikTok. It, it like, oh my god, that is again the ultimate time suck. Holy cow! I, I mean, literally. Oh my god! Like you get up in the morning and you go to do your morning constitution, and you're like, ah, I'll just check out a couple of videos while I'm handling business on the throne and the next thing you know your legs are asleep your toes are blue and the sun's gone down it just happens i don't know you look I, it's awful um and aside from that but society has officially gone off the rails by the way i've noticed that uh we had a guy here where i'm at at the zoo Get his arm ripped off by a tiger. It was after hours. So one would think, oh, well, the vet maybe was in there doing... No. This is like some Joe Exotic type stuff, right? It's a legit zoo, and they go... The <clears throat> This idiot cleaning crew guy... Sadly, they had to kill the tiger. But this idiot cleaning crew guy wanders... There, He's like a subcontractor there to clean bathrooms and the gift shop, right? So this idiot wanders off into the zoo, um, nowhere near the bathrooms or whatever. He just kind of wanders off, jumps one barrier, and sticks his arm through another barrier. What did this idiot think was going to happen? There's some really cool video out there, uh, etc., but that is just some Joe Exotic stupidity is what that is uh for you for those of you that don't know you don't know uh but if you know you know and um so yeah society has officially gone off the rails y'all anyway enjoy the show welcome to coffee and a true crime dumpster fire this is a true crime podcast. That's right, a true crime podcast. For those in the back, I'll say it a little bit louder. This is a true crime podcast. This show is a show for grown folks. That little E over there next to my podcast, that means that we use some foul language every once in a while. Just every once in a while. Enough to flag it, you know. So, we talk about Really, generally vile, disgusting, and horrific things. Dismemberment, disembowelment, death in general. Lots of really horrible, terrible things. But we also, like I said, we cover the three key things that everybody in life enjoys. Coffee, true crime, and of course, dumpster fires. So, settle in. Come get warm by the dumpster fire. Make sure don't touch it, though. Don't want you to get burned. Don't want to get sued. Just saying. But, again, all kidding aside, you have been warned. Turn back now if you don't like that kind of thing. And, by the way, I like my coffee black and my tea in the harbor. If you don't get that reference, you need to go ahead and turn back now. Otherwise, settle in and enjoy this week's episode of 
coffee and a true crime dumpster fire. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 14 of the Coffee and a True Crime Dumpster Fire podcast. This week's coffee is from the badass coffee company. It's Pele's Blend. P-E-L-E. Um, I guess he was a soccer player. I don't know. Not, not a big... F- I'm not, you know, whatever. Uh, I gave it a three and a half, three and a half out of five um, because it's, it's not anything super fancy to write home about. Um, it's a, it is a pure Kona coffee, so it's from the volcanic regions of Hawaii. Which makes it kind of special, I guess. Um, they do have now the Badass Coffee Company. They're like a, a, they're not really they're local, but not really local, kind of. Um, they have shops uh, like very few shops now scattered throughout the country that are just hanging on by a thread. They used to be all over the place, kind of. Um, not nearly as prolific as Starbucks, but like for example, Florida had uh, three or four of them. And I think, and they've been all over, but now they're down to, to I think three overall throughout the nation. Uh, one is right here in in my town, um, where I live. But um, th- it is what it is. It's yeah. Um, like I said, I gave it three and a half out of five because it's pretty average, and um, it it's definitely more expensive than. Most coffees, uh, it's on, it's on the higher end. Anyway, I won't say it's more expensive. It's on the on the very high end of coffee. Uh, well, at least that I've found so far. I mean, you know, it is what it is. But uh, it's like I said, it, it's but it's, it's not worth the extra money. So that's why I gave it three and a half out of five. It was good coffee, but it just it's not worth the extra money. If I'm going to pay that extra. You know, ten percent or whatever it is, fifteen percent. I'm not. I want something more. I want fifteen percent more. You know, and I didn't get that. So, it is decent coffee, though. Anyway, so this week is episode fourteen. Like I said, it's the murder of Brooke Buckler. Um, it's weird because it, it. I call. I'm. I'm gonna call it kind of the Tinder date gone wrong, or not gone wrong. It's a. It, it didn't really isn't it really a Tinder date that went wrong. It's more of a Tinder date that went weird. Um, so we'll start out, we'll go all the way back, sort of, the begin at the beginning, right? Um, so we'll go to, we're going to start out in Slidell, Louisiana. Um, to me, I've been to Slidell. Um, it's just... North of New Orleans, it's in Saint Tammany Parish. It's right across Lake pa- Lake Pontchartrain from uh, from New Orleans. I couldn't think for a minute there; I lost my train of thought. It, it officially had derailed, which happens a lot, you know. Anybody that's listened to me for any length of time knows that, and that's what you expect. That's why you tune in, right? Uh, so they. They have a population of just over 27,000 people. Um, but again, Lake, or, or I'm sorry, St. <clears throat> uh, Slidell, to me, is like the trailer park armpit sort of 
Sorry if you're from Slidell, um, but it's not. I wouldn't even say it's an armpit. It's just it's it's the the ugly stepsister of New Orleans. Let's just put it that way. It's I don't know. It just isn't. It, and it's maybe it's just not my thing. I don't know. Uh, New Orleans isn't necessarily really my thing either. It's not really my speed necessarily either. Uh, been there, done that, got the T-shirt, whatever. So anyway, um, Brooke Buckler, wa- who she was 25. Um, she graduated from Slidell High School. She was, you know, the all-American girl. The, the sort of the girl next door and the pictures and things. She definitely looks like, you know, the girl next door. Very, she's, she's attractive, but she's average. I mean, she's not anything um, awesome. She's, she's definitely, I mean, she's, you know, she's the, the girl next door. Uh, there's nothing about her to me that really stands out and grabs, you know, um, by all accounts, she was really a, a wonderful person, very nice and all that. Um, but anyway, so like I said, she was the all-American, you know, girl next door. She was a cheerleader. She participated in girls' basketball, etc. Um, and then she became a Game of Thrones fan. Before y'all throw me under the bus on this and, and go nuts, I did not ever, I have not seen not one episode of Game of Thrones. I know, shame on me, right? Uh, I just haven't, and it's not anything that uh, really appealed to me. It never really, all of the previews and things, and all the all the, you know, the Facebook groups and all this stuff and whatever, all the hype, it just didn't didn't really grab me enough to want to jump up and go seek it out and watch it. Uh, of course, anybody that actually knows me knows that I'm not really a big TV guy. There's a few shows that I watch. Ozark. Welcome back, by the way. Thankfully, good lord, took long enough. Um, Ozark and things like that, but very few. They're very few and far between what I watch. Um, So anyway, but she was such a fan of Game of Thrones that she actually, she had naturally dark hair, but she, again, you'll have to forgive me, I don't, she bleached out her hair that was naturally really dark, and she bleached it like stone white, I guess, whatever, um, from some dragon princess or something or another from the cast. Again, sorry, I'm not a Game of Thrones person. My bad. Um, so now that we've sort of met Brooke, let's go over a timeline. So, again, she lives in... Um, Slidell, Louisiana, and in July of 2020, she kind of takes her show on the road, and they, um, and she heads off to, uh, Florida, like, like Panama Beach and Panama City Beach and all that up there in the Panhandle. Um, she meets a guy through Tinder or some dating app, I don't know. They say Tinder, but I don't know for sure. Um, everything I've read says Tinder. Everything I've watched and those kind of things. all They all say Tinder, but it's a dating app. I don't know specifically it was Tinder, but whatever it was. Because she met this guy. So she meets this guy, um, David Fuccioni, um, through this app. And it's not clear, again, 
there's not a lot. There's there's sort of some wishy washy. Was she looking to buy weed from him? I guess he was like, I don't know. Was she looking to buy weed or was she just looking to hook up? It's one of those two things, and and there she didn't. I don't think. Again, from all I'm reading and gathering, she wasn't looking at anything long term. She was there with friends, you know, just doing the girl thing, right? The the party, not par- I don't want to say party girl because that has a negative, but sort of the. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess it doesn't have a negative thing. Just kind of being being a mid twenties, you know, person that mid-twenties woman going out, having a good time, living it up with her girlfriends. Um, So she wasn't looking for anything at that point when she uses this app, obviously, if she's out there with whatever. So, but a week after they all get back to Slidell, oddly enough, here this dude, David Fuccioni, turns up there in Slidell. Um, Did he have... it's it's not it, it seems like he had family there that he was visiting or showed up up there to visit but then he sort of inserted himself into her life like like forced himself into her life from and he like was not didn't I don't think he ever officially air quotes lived air quotes, in the apartment with her, in her apartment with her, but he seemed to always be there. You know, we all, we all know that person, that they're just always there. They don't ever go away, right? They, they're kind of like the permanent house guest, right? We've all experienced that one. Just every time, you know, they're just there. They're like part of the, they're like furniture, right? They just kind of show up. Anyway, so um, she he's at her apartment a lot, and then she starts to kind of fear this guy. Uh, and like really fear him. And then she makes a cl- she she makes the claim that he uh, that he raped her, or forcibly forced himself on her. I guess not necessarily. I, well. No, he raped her. Um, so she reaches out to one of her friends, a guy friend. And again, we all have this friend too. Not that it's a bad thing. Because again, we all have this friend. The one that would... that, And it's actually maybe a good thing to have this friend. Could be. Uh, maybe. But we all have that friend. You know the one. The one that you could show up on their front porch at 3 o'clock in the morning with a dead body in tow, and they're not going to ask any questions. They're just going to grab a tarp and a shovel. I, I just, you know, we all have that friend. Um, <clears throat> but Brooke reaches out to, to her friend, um, 27-year-old Dylan Craddock, and she tells Dylan what happens. Well, needless to say, when you tell that friend that I just mentioned, that I just described, when you have that friend, when you tell him or her that this kind of thing happened, they're going to take action. Be it, you know, some sort of action. They're going to, they're going to do something. 
uh, and we all kind of know that in the back of our brain, right? So she tells him, and he decides, okay, well, it's time to set David straight. Um, and that was in July of uh, July of 2020, towards the end of July. Um, so Craddock, uh, so so he after he goes to set this dude straight, all of a sudden on August 20th, 2020. David Fuccioni, the the weirdo dickhead, whatever, whatever he was, right, uh, the rapist, uh, he's found beaten and stabbed, damn near to death, um, and then he claims, like in a ditch outside of Louisiana, outside of Slidell, and he claims that he was kidnapped and assaulted by, air quotes, strangers, right, um, when they when police want to interview him and things, he checks himself out of the hospital AMA. For those of you that don't know, that's against medical advice. That means that you are really messed up, the doctors say they need to treat you, and you're like, nope, I'm out. Uh, and leave. And they say that this is a, the doctors explain to you that this is a bad idea, you need treatment, yada yada, and they make you sign a bunch of papers, and then to make sure that they're not held liable, if you walk outside that hospital door, and croak. Simple. Right? So it's, it's a liability thing. But he does. He signs himself out. AMA. Boop. I'm done. Gone. And he goes completely dark. Like, there's no, nothing about him from here out. Nothing. Um, and then social media tips co- start coming in about this, um, about this uh, stabbing. And a lot of it starts to point to this uh, Dylan Craddock. And then, I know, I know, I know, how does this tie, right, what, this isn't the David Fuccioni episode, this is the Brooke Buckler, right? So here's, here we go, right? Um, on August 22nd, so two days later, after everything, you know, all starts to point to Dylan Craddock having... Um, tuned this guy up. Uh, Brooke was reported missing on August 22nd. Um, on August 23rd, there's an abandoned naval supply depot just outside of Slidell, and Brooke is found dead there. This is like, uh, I've seen the pictures and everything of this place and, and, and read some news reports and things on it. This is a shooting gallery. This is... That's what this is. Um, it has become a literally a shooting gallery. Uh, it's a, a you know it's it's abandoned and dilapidated and falling down and decrepit and all those things. And it's like I said when I say shooting gallery for those of you that don't know, but you're listening to true crime, so you probably do know. But just for those that may not know, when I talk about a shooting gallery, I'm talking about an abandoned building or structure of that sort where, or even even a, a way out of the way alley where people go to use heroin and things like to use, you know, to shoot up drugs, uh, to use IV, different IV drugs. So um, they find Brooke dead. Um, according to 
the police reports she had like a me- some kind of weird metal rod sort of tied up in her like it says tied up but I, I can only imagine that it was maybe caked and stuck in her hair um and then the, they determined that um she was actually killed um she was actually in the morgue in New Orleans uh, for three days as a Jane Doe pending an ID. Um, so she wasn't, to clarify that, I don't think, the way that I understand that is that she was found was found on the 23rd, but then nobody knew where she was for those three days, and then on the 26th is when they officially had ID'd her and those things. Anyway, and the reason I say that is is because on the 21st, we're going to go back two days. So on August 21st, Brooke checked into a hotel in St. Bernard Parish um, where um, she was there with Dylan, and then, bing! A new character has entered the chat. Cody Matthews. Um, so she's there with these two guys. And it's pretty pretty apparent now that that uh, Cody Matthews probably had a lot to do with um, with um, uh, the David Fuccioni thing. And that was the day that was the last day she was alive was then that was the day before she was reported missing. And it was the day after Fuccioni got thoroughly worked over, right? So they thought, it seems that they thought that, um, that uh, Fuccioni was straight up, they, they thought that he was dead. Um, and eventually, so what ends up happening eventually is that... <clears throat> Where they found Brooke, um, there was a, a, an abundance, I guess, of, you know, there's there quite a bit of physical evidence, among which was a bloody handprint that was tied back to, um, to Dylan Craddock. So, um, and, and this is what finally kind of broke the case, though. They were, so they, they tied, they had other tips and evidence that really, they felt pretty solid about charging these guys with the beating of Fuccioni. So they charged them with battery, kidnapping, and attempted murder. But then Cody is an idiot. Uh, uh, Not the sharpest tool in the shed, maybe. Um, Because there's a... Anybody that's ever... And I'm sure that most people have. Well, even even if you watch any true crime documentaries or anything, everyone has heard that famous recording. This is a phone call from a correctional facility type of thing, right? This is an in, inmate so-and-so is calling from, you know, Abu Dhabi Correctional Facility. These calls are recorded and monitored. They... they play a recorded voice that both parties hear that this is recorded and that 
people actually monitor these and listen to them. During my time during my time as a corrections officer, I listened to live phone calls like this. It was part of my job. They were recorded, but I, some of them I was listening to live as they were talking. So, and this sort of situation, by the way, where people say things that are recorded on these jailhouse phones, this is not a unique thing at all. This stuff happens way more often than you think. It's insane. It, it is insane some of the things you cannot unhear. I know it's usually unsaid, but you cannot unhear some of the things that go on on these phone calls. And yes, it is exactly what you thought in your brain. I promise. Um, the, there's stuff that goes on on those phones that would make a 900 operator blush. Trust me. Um, anyway. Rabbit hole. Sorry. I, I ran off into some weird rabbit hole and I apologize. Uh, but that's why you tune in to me specifically because I go down some really re weird random... Anyway. Back on track. All right. We got the train back on the tracks. So he used... Cody used a was recorded and this is how they tied them officially to the murders and the um, to the murders or to the murder of Brooke Buckler. He tells someone on the phone that is recorded I can't stress that enough that he was there and he was present when Buckler was murdered. He also claims that the reason that this happened was because they felt like, they being him and Dylan Craddock, felt like Brooke knew entirely too much about what happened to David. Uh, they also thought that David was DRT when they dumped him off in the ditch. For those of you not familiar, DRT is dead right there. Um... So, so now they're facing the murder charges as well. But again, that's that's this. I mean, they're thanks to COVID. These next few cases, or well, at least this one and one of the next one behind it. Um, spoiler alert! Preview. Stand by. Um, the this case and the next are not fully complete yet. Because of the commie cough has delayed their sort of the, all the the criminal proceedings and things, so they're just sort of festering away in um, in uh, limbo in the court system. I think I think I read that they've that they may have taken a plea on the um, David. Fuccioni thing. I'm not 100% certain on that. Um, but as of this recording, to the best of my knowledge, they're still waiting to stand trial, but that's what you got, is these idiots that... I mean, what... In, in what world, I guess, would you... 
So maybe Dylan is not that friend because that friend would not think that you know too much. Um, they just wouldn't. It's, it's really sad. Uh, anyway, so that's all I got for you this week. Thanks for listening. And please, please, please. By the way, Spotify now has a rating. You can rate Spotify. You can rate my podcast on Spotify. I don't care if it's one star even. Please rate the podcast. Wherever you're listening, if you can rate it, please rate it. Because this is what gets us. And, and do this for every podcast that you listen to. Do this for all of your creators, but especially that you listen to, especially us indie guys that are literally a one-man show. Because that's how enge- that's how you rate engagement, whether or not you're actually paying attention and listening to the show, etc. Leave comments where you can, all those things, please. Because, again, that's how you get seen is through engagement. The more engagement, the higher, the, and, and that helps those of us, again, that are poor and, well, we're not really poor, but... You know what I mean? Those of us that are independent and not doing this as a living yet, uh, it helps us gain some traction and maybe get some sponsors and some advertisers and things. It's through this engagement. So please do not forget and subscribe. Tell some friends. Tell them to subscribe. Take their phone. No, don't take their phone really. But but if they'll hand you your phone, if they'll hand you their phone, go into their Apple. Especially, I'm saying Apple because. 90% of Americans have Apple. Um, but go into their phone and go into the Apple podcast and subscribe to them and then rate it from their phone. That works, right? Tell them about it. Don't just do it, but say, hey, check this out, and then put it in there, and there you go. Um, so that's all I really have this episode, and we'll see you again in two weeks. I promise we'll be consistent. In the meantime, you got to remember, in the words of Alfred Hitchcock, everybody loves a great murder, provided they're not the victim. <laughs>